Hey, what's going down, my friends? Dr. Drill with the Make Motivation Podcast. It's probably the third time that I've set out to uh, conduct this podcast. Sometimes I'll just speak and after 20 or 30 minutes even, I don't know, I'll just be unhappy with the finished product and I don't know whether it's best to just post the podcast, get it out there because I'm sure there was some goodness in there. Nothing is perfect. Certainly in my podcasts are are completely unedited, so I apologize for any of the shit that you know you don't enjoy listening to. I'm trying to make it a worthwhile experience. I got a lot to talk about though. Let me see if I can regurgitate it all. So listen, it was Halloween. It was a beautiful Halloween. It freaking rained most of last, the end of last week, and then we had a beautiful, solitary, ooh, look at that beautiful freaking leaf tornado. Very windy day. It's 20, maybe 20 mile an hour gusts today at least. Um, but Halloween was beautiful. So it rained Thursday and Friday. Saturday it was nice. Cold, but it was nice. So I spent a lot of time outside prepping for the evening. Uh, I set up two spooky, um, I don't know what you call them, one was a witch, had a crystal ball, it's animatronic, and then the other one was this old looking guy with a crow on his shoulder, and you press the buttons and they have their own little jingles there. They're kind of spooky looking spirits. Pulled the table out, got the candy up at the last minute. I took my tiki head and I started a little fire in it, chopped up some two by fours and had some nice dry wood to create a fire. We had that burning out there in the yard. Look at this Peter, taking his sweet ass time. Um, So me and my buddy Chris, our cousin and his wife and, and daughter came over and we sat at the end of the driveway. While the girls went out and made cookies and decorated and did all kinds of cool stuff and stayed warm inside, Chris and I had a few beers and talked some shit and greeted the, uh, the Halloweenies. Consisted mostly of children and their families walking by, a mixture of superheroes and ghosts and goblins and zombies, a lot of scarecrows, which I like the traditional revisiting the traditional outfits. Um, So Halloween was great. I carved out of a four-foot wafer, four-foot diameter tree that somebody gave me years ago. And it's all long since gone. I carved a bunch of shit out of that. But I kept this, like, gigantic cross-section of it, about nine inches thick and four inches four foot in diameter so I carved that into the great pinekin which is an homage to all the pinekins carved over the the fall here moved a lot of those to some happy customers so I I positioned this at the rear of my fire pit up on a 2x12 and then I built a fire just before it so that the flames would come up and lick the carving, and I unveiled that just at dusk. B 
beefed up that fire and finally, after the last trick-or-treaters had come and gone, I dumped that into the flames and it went up and kept us warm while we talked trash and drank beer and finished the night with UB uh, Halloween, uh, Adam Sandler movie, which was excellent, very humorous, very seasonal, very awesome with an all-star cast. So what a great holiday. And now we are, and it also is a welcome diversion from the week to come, which is, of course, it's all about Election Day. Uh, tomorrow, right? So as I drive through the community back home for lunch, got political signs adorning lawns, and they're windblown, some of them, and the flags are waving for Trump and Biden, and the last of the last-ditch effort for political advantage is being uh, thrust by the candidates, I guess Joe Biden and, and Kamala Harris or whatever, their tour bus was going through Texas yesterday, and a bunch of, um, they call, they're calling them Y'al-Qaeda instead of Al-Qaeda, they're Al-Qaeda. They're Yal Qaeda. They are stereotypical rednecks with jacked up trucks and uh, probably weapons and ammunition. Decide that they would create a convoy and surround the the Biden uh, bus and harass them to the point where said candidate and campaign decided that they would it would be unsafe to proceed to wherever the rally was going to be, which. You know, it's fucked up if anybody were to do that. If if Trump, the Trump train went to the city and they fucking, you know, anti-Trumpers were to vandalize it or threaten anybody. I've made it no secret. I'm not a fan of Donald Trump and I want him to go. Um, I would never wish him or anybody any harm. And I think that if we want to maintain a political process uh, that we can be proud of, then we need to watch the balance of power and the transfer of power needs to go respectfully and seamlessly. There's already a lot of, uh, during this fucked up year with the coronavirus and civil unrest and protests and riots and economy on the cusp of going into the toilet and it's just a lot of things that have shaken this year up I think it's key that those in power that they they play by the rules if they play by the rules then they can expect the citizenry to play by the rules but if not then bad things are going to happen you know somebody's going to get killed Either way, right? People are saying they're bracing for the worst, regardless of who gets elected. You know, if Trump gets reelected, the cities are probably going to go up in flames. People in these areas of our society, in the inner city, minorities, uh, and others, people who are living in or around the poverty line, they feel like their vote doesn't count, 
if they feel like they're, they're already uprising against the establishment as far as the police and the military is what they perceive as the militarization of the police um, and unfair treatment and in many cases killing of minorities I'm sure, you know, listen we talked about, about that before I'm no law enforcement um, expert and I just treated a few cops today, so I love them all I thank them for keeping us safe and I keep them in my head and my heart because it's fucked up time to be in law enforcement right now and they, many of them are, are great. This guy I work with today, 26 years, you know, of doing, I'm sure, um, doing a great job. But it's a high stakes occupation and sometimes thankless. So, especially these days. So, it's a shitstorm out there. The uh, population seems to be pitted against one another, at least in as much as the origins of that is this divide and conquer scheme that our society has fallen for. I mean, we're such suckers. We just kind of latch on to who our candidate is as though he or she were a a horse in a, in a thoroughbred in a race or a gladiator in the Coliseum. You just like this guy because you think that he is the best. And he's the best because you say so. And the other guy, everybody else stinks. So this guy or nothing. And your guy goes out there and takes the arena and maybe performs well, maybe not. But you're always going to say, because this is the side that you're on, the side of the Coliseum that's jeering. It's like you're an Eagles fan, and the Eagles are playing the Cowboys, and there's just like, they don't give a shit, you know? If their favorite team does not win, they're going to almost riot. So, that's kind of where we're at. That's why I take offense to these signs that are positioned all over the place, you know, I feel like if you, how could you possibly believe that your guy is the, the right individual for, for this particular time, either of these candidates, you know, I've, I've made no secret about my, how I detest Donald Trump, I don't like him as a person, I don't like him, I don't like the way he treats people, I don't like the way he behaves. And it's pretty transparent that he, you know, is a buffoon. He's anti-science and positions himself as a, a, a believer. But come on. Said it before, I'll say it again. I'm not saying Donald Trump is uh, the Antichrist, but Christ is the anti-Trump. You know, we take care of each other. You know, we abide by rules that are clearly laid out in the Bible. Not that I believe it, but I'm saying they're, they're, they're rules for life. You know, love your enemy, all that shit. He doesn't do any of that stuff. Anybody who disagrees with him even a little bit, he dismisses or he makes fun of or uh, he, you know, that tour bus thing with the Biden campaign. He is on Twitter 
his official account says, I love Texas, because people would behave. So he's cheering them on. He's encouraging this ill behavior. And here we're trying to have a fair election and and hold up our political process as something that is objective. And they're trying to subjectify it. Especially him. So, it's fucked up. You know, I, there's a, a phrase, I don't know if I already shared this with you, but they call uh, the political process and the way that we're interacting, just the lack of sense-making that we have, is uh, scientists or or thoughtful individuals are calling it the race to the bottom of the brainstem, which our brain that is between our ears right now, that's otherwise known as the cerebrum, to be cerebral is to think, is to try to use logic to sort out your problems. Whereas the further down you go from the cerebrum anatomically, you're into the brainstem, you're into the spinal cord, they're just automatic reactions that there that occur there. That's what the spinal cord and brainstem do. Reactions is what they do. Things that are automatic, just your gut feelings and all that stuff, your most primitive of processes, they occur, they're mediated by the brainstem and the spinal cord. Whereas we actually think things through with our cerebrum. And so the race to the bottom of the brainstem is kind of what our society is doing. We're dismissing thought and logic, and we're just going with our gut and going back and forth, arguing about things that in other circumstances maybe we could uh, talk our way through and come to the most logical conclusion. Another thing I read, an image that I read today, talks about how, um, let's see... Here it is. All war is a symptom of man's failure as a thinking animal. All war is a symptom of man's failure as a thinking animal. Listen, I'm a former Marine. I'm a rough and tumble guy. I've been working on being an alpha male for the first 30 years of my life. And then at some point I figured, you know what? I can kick a lot of asses right now, but maybe it'd be, maybe I should start thinking more. Maybe we should think through our problems and try to find solutions so we don't kill each other and go extinct. Because that's where we're at, as I mentioned the other day, with the duality of exponential uh, technological advancement paired with uh, rivalrous dynamics, rivalries. I was talking this morning, kind of laughing about it, I have some friends who are into professional wrestling. And I remember growing up, my uncle, who's like the best uncle ever, he was like the youngest of seven, and my sister and I were in the single digits coming up, and he would always take care of us and show us a good time and take us to sporting events and cool things like that. And my grandmother would accompany us, and a few times, I know that he would regularly go to watch professional wrestling, like in the 80s, in its heyday, with King Kong Bundy and Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan and all that. And 
talk about rivalrous dynamics, the back and forth. You know how some people, when you talk to them about professional wrestling, they're like, ha, 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 remember this guy would do this? And they're like amused by it. But they don't fall for it. They're not so intrigued about the storyline or any of that. Well, and then there are other people who are like into it. They're like, I can't believe that this guy did that. Oh, here he comes. You know, like they they love it. They love the, the dynamic. They love the storyline. And on some level they see it as fiction, but they don't care. They just love the storyline. And that's rivalrous dynamics. Another friend collects the hell out of Transformers. And there we've got the Autobots and the Decepticons, right? And that's the whole deal. There's always like... Uh, the Earth, and we're trying to save the Earth. Um, the Autobots are trying to work with man to save the Earth, and the Decepticons are trying to destroy the Earth, and the, as well as the Autobots, and they hate man, and that's it. Like, we are, you know, we're trying, it's a fight. It's a back and forth about, you know, you're trying to destroy it, I'm trying to save it. I'm trying to preserve it as a robot action figure. And people are into that. They just love the, you know, they get their uh, figurines and like, Autobots, roll out. You'll never get me, Autobots. Starscream. I mean, I used to love watching those shows. I grew up taking a blanket and crumpling it in the middle of the floor and then taking my matchbox cars or my transformers and hiding them in the little crevices and then the other guy comes around and seek, you know, go in the little cave and out the guy who come with their vehicles and they Autobots, roll out. So it's just so interesting that these are the little plays that we create. Our imaginations run wild of like you know, you're trying to win, now I'm going to win. You're trying to destroy, I'm trying to preserve or create life. Just so interesting and so tragic to watch. And as I drive, you know, on the eve of this election day, I can only imagine the sort of shit we're going to see on social media. On some level, I am excited to see it because it's just Autobots versus the Decepticons. Um, and in another sense, I'm just like out of my mind, not frightened, but I mean, this is very tumultuous times right now. Just got a lot of bad shit going on and we need the Autobots right now. Big Trump flags waving here up in Telford, Pennsylvania, you know, still for Trump's, they drain the swamp. You just wonder, I just wonder, um... You know, who's going to win, the Autobots or the Decepticons? And who are the good guys and who are the bad guys? Right? To To the Decepticons, the Autobots are the corrupted, evil, bad guys that are conspiring with the human beings. Black, the blue, back the blue, support our police. Of course, we all support the police, man. Don't try to position, I I hate when these political signs try to position people, like put you in a box, okay, well, uh, we're we're for law and and order, 
oh, was that that from that suggests that we're against it? The other side you know, is against it. It's just so crazy. It's interesting in this community, in this little development that I live in, which is up in the country, but it's you know seven years old, got half townhomes and half single-family homes. You're not going to find a lot of um, political signs in here. Now there are some, but we live in close enough proximity that people are reluctant to. They don't want to offend anyone. They don't want to make any enemies based upon you know this political fray. And that's a good way to be, I think. I feel like when people have more land and they're out there kind of like a single-family home, a real single-family home, like up around here, people might have a half acre or an acre or more. And the more acreage, the more open land that somebody owns, it's like this is my piece of real estate and I'm going to put whatever. I'm going to do my customized Trump or Biden sign. Um... It's interesting how that is. Interesting how there's not a lot of political stuff in this community that I'm driving in right now. Now, my neighbor across the street has a kind of a low-profile Biden sign. But there's not a lot of, like, in-your-face Trump shit. Anyway, it's interesting. I'm probably going to have a podcast on the way home tonight. And there'll be some adventures throughout the day, no doubt. And over the next couple days, told my students that uh, I'm going to give them some time. We're going to do kind of an abbreviated anatomy session tomorrow because of, I want them to give them an opportunity to vote because, after all, they are the future, right? So I hope they all go out there and cast their votes for who they feel is the best candidate. And we're all biased in some way. We all either like the... Some like the Autobots, and some people like the Decepticons. What is about what is it, what is it about that that's that there's a certain segment of the population that loves to root for the villain? Like, what does that say about the circumstances that we, in which we're currently living? Think about that. Like, who? I, I just joined this Facebook page that's talking about again those two segments, those two um, storylines. 80s era wrestling, professional wrestling, and the Transformers. People say, oh, you know, there's video compilations or images like who's got the better full Nelson or who, who's the best heel. Heel is like a bad guy, but they're playing a bad guy. So a good example of a heel would be like um, the Million Dollar Man was always like a dickhead. And the hero was, of course, most famous hero as far as I'm concerned is Hulk Hogan. Uh, Andre the Giant was positioned as a bad guy for a while. And sometimes they'll switch sides, right? Isn't that interesting? And some people would rather uh, follow the Decepticons than, um, than they would the Autobots. It's like a good versus evil thing. But there is a certain allure to some of the characters. Like you, you know, if you are collecting Transformers, you want Optimus Prime because he's like the best of the and biggest of the and the leader of the good guys. But you can't have Optimus Prime without 
Megatron, who's always trying to antagonize him. So how interesting is that? Let me pull up a couple other thoughts to close this out with. Hope I didn't mention them before. Um, similarly, Alan Watts says, uh, we all have fronts and backs, interdependence. You take two sticks, you lean them against one another, and they stand up. They can hold that position. But when you take one of the sticks away, they all fall over. Same thing with good and evil. If you take Satan away, you know, God has no, what is the allure of, of goodness if there's nothing to fight against, that, that struggle. Um, uh, finally, I don't know if I mentioned this in a previous podcast, but uh, this woman, uh, something Cox Richardson, Mandy calls her Cock Dick, Heather Cox Richardson. She's really, really smart. The historian, she says, democracy is not a spectator sport. So it's so interesting that a lot of us would like to, uh, we're comfortable sitting back and just saying, oh, I hope this guy wins. I hope this guy wins. No, good. I hope this guy wins. And he's better because of this reason. Optimus Prime is the best. Oh, no, I like Megatron. I like Starscream. You know what I mean? So, um, people don't really like to crunch the numbers and do the hard mental processes and, and really ob- try to objectify things to really measure, well, who is the best? How cool would it be if we had a process that laid out, this is the person, this is the track record of these individuals, and we are going to, you know, because Biden has a track record. And Trump has his track record. So let's see the tail of the tape. What does it look like? And who should be the leader of the, the free world? Effective tomorrow. And what events are going to unfold between now and then? It's going to get crazy, I'll tell you that right now. And as I have said, if we are watching, if we are the spectators... And we are watching complete disorganization and uh, floundering for position and dirty tactics um, on, from either side of the political spectrum. If we're watching the candidates actually behave in a certain way, what is stopping the citizens? Can you blame the citizens for being cruel to one another or even promoting violence? And I think the answer, clear answer to that is no. You know, they're inciting violence with their political stances and positions and, you know, especially Trump. Yeah. A leader would stand up and say, this isn't how we, we operate, you know. We might not trust the other side, it's a heated election, but we want the best for America. That's what a leader would do and say. That's what I think. All right, got to go eat lunch. Huh!